You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 95. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I am your host, Monica Louie, and I am bringing you another insightful interview. You are going to love this one. My guest today is a social media rock star, and she's sharing how we can make the most of our time on social media while ditching the overwhelm. But first, if you're new to the podcast and you don't know me yet, I want to welcome you. As I said, I'm Monica Louie, and I'm a Facebook and Instagram ads strategist, and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six, seven, and eight-figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook Ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $3 million in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And like my guest today, I have built an incredible team. I built a multi six-figure business on our way to seven figures. Of course, we're flourishing to seven figures. And I have learned a thing or two in working with such incredible clients and students, seeing the behind the scenes of what's working well in their businesses. And I talked a lot about that last week. And the biggest mistake that I've seen businesses make in trying to scale their businesses. That was last week's episode. So if you missed that episode, go back to episode 94 after you listen to today's episode and check that out because if your goal is to flourish to seven figures and beyond, you will need to dial this in. And so that's a really important episode for you to listen to. But also in that episode, I talked about that I'm opening two slots for one-on-one coaching. And this is not Facebook ads specific, Facebook ads and Instagram ads have been my focus for the last several years. But in growing my business, I've learned a lot about growing a team, building funnels, figuring out what's working. And I've developed the seven essential steps to creating and building a sustainable online business that will help you scale to multi six figures and beyond. So I am opening up coaching slots for two people to work with me one-on-one And we'll dive into your business. What is working in your business? What needs some tweaking? What areas need additional focus and intention? And I will help you follow my step-by-step process to scale your business to multiple six or seven figures. Whatever your goal is, we will work together to achieve that goal. If you are interested in learning more about that, all you need to do is just email me at success at And in the subject line, say, I want coaching. And that will start the conversation. We'll see if we're a good fit to work together and we'll go from there. So if you're interested, I'm only opening up two slots because I have limited time. I am running a busy business myself and I want to keep this small and be intentional in giving you the time that you need to really gain my insights and figuring out what is working and what needs some tweaking in your business to help you set the stage to scale. So if that sounds good to you, reach out to me at success at monicalouis.com. All right, let's talk about social media. My guest today is Drea Jones, and she is amazing at what she does. And she's built an incredible business managing social media for 
online business owners like you and me and podcasters. And she also teaches the social media strategies that she implements with her team. So our businesses are very much aligned. We have very similar business models because that's what I do with Facebook and Instagram ads as well. So we had a lot of fun in this conversation talking about the structure of her team, but also what's working now in the world of social media. So Drea Jones is fiercely committed to helping businesses and podcasters build profitable online communities through simple social media solutions. She's the host of the Savvy Social Podcast, creator of the Savvy Social School, a digital platform designed to teach its 200 plus members, predominantly small business owners, how to implement organic social media strategies. And she's been named one of Social Report's top marketers to follow. She just blew me away with what she brought to this interview. And I know that you are going to get so much out of it. Just a few things. So in this episode, Drea shares her three-part framework to ditch social media overwhelm and use social media in a strategic way. I've definitely felt myself being overwhelmed with social media and trying to be everywhere. We talk through it and I guarantee you by the end of this episode, you're going to be feeling a lot better and a lot more strategic about your social media strategy. She shares the tools she uses to plan her content calendar and schedule her posts. Plus, she shares her tips for getting real engaged followers that convert to sales for your business. We talk about how to know when you're ready to outsource your social media, whether that's to bring somebody in-house on your team to manage it for you or to outsource to an agency like Drea's. She shares her thoughts on Clubhouse and TikTok and how they may play a part in your social strategy. And we also talk about how to use social media to promote and grow podcasts. I'm a podcaster. She's a podcaster. And that's one of the strategies that she's used with her clients to grow their podcast as well. So you'll get the step-by-step as to how she does it successfully. Plus, we talk about the future of social media. What is going to stay the same as we continue through 2021 into 2022? And what is changing in the world of social media? All of that and a whole lot more. This is a fantastic episode. But I want to make sure that you know you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 95. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash 95. All right, let's dive into it. Here's my interview with the amazing, the incredible Drea Jones from onlinedrea.com. Hey, Drea, thank you so much for joining me on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm excited about our conversation that's to come and just honored to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. I'm excited for our conversation too. Yay. Okay. So I already told everybody a little bit about you and what you do, but can you just give us the rundown? Who do you work with? What did you and your team do? And then I want to get into your backstory a little bit about how you, how you created what you've got going on. Yes. So I am a social media strategist. We work a lot with socially inclusive and socially progressive brands. A lot of our clients are activists. They are passionate people and we help amplify them on social media. So we are little chameleons and we go in and write posts for them, create content for them, essentially embody them on social media and manage their accounts for them. Awesome. Very cool. And then how did you even get into this? How did you start growing this business? So I always loved social media. I was that weirdo in like 2006 who had her own blog about Harry Potter and like on social media, trying to find people who would talk about fan theories with me. So 
I just felt naturally attracted to the platform. When it comes to turning it into a business, a lot of that was catalyzed by my husband. So I met him on YouTube. <laughs> I was creating nonsensical videos about my life. Like I was a mini celebrity or something. And we met, we collaborated just like you and I are collaborating on this podcast. And we fell in love and I moved to Canada. Anyways, with that whole move is when I started the business. So I was already doing social media for friends and family. I had a job at a spa where I was the youngest person on the team in the management team. So I was doing social media then. And so when I moved, I quit my job and moved. It just, I fell into doing it for other people. And I loved it because I just like the nature, the fast paced nature of social media. It never ends. So I have a degree in English literature. So it's a lot more stable than writing and any writing work. So that's really how I got started with this whole thing in the first place. So what year was that when you moved and then started taking on clients yourself? This was 2014. Okay. And then when did you start realizing the need to bring on team members? Because I see on your website, you've got a whole team around you now. So what did that progression look like? Yes. So I am actually somewhat mad at my first team member, Leanne, who is still with me. I hired her in 2016. So she was like my first regular team member and she is like a unicorn. I spent all of 2017 trying to hire more people like her. And I was like, what, how, how do you exist? <laughs> and so, but she really showed me the, the potential because up until that point, I was doing all of the things and there, I could not take vacations. I could not take time off. Like I said, the good thing about social media is that it never sleeps. So our clients need us, but the bad thing is that it never sleeps. So we kind of have to go on rotations a bit. And so that process of building a team is still a journey that I'm on today. But what I have found is that I need the people who love social media, who can juggle multiple tasks and who can handle working with our clients who are celebrities in their own right. And so they have very high demands and it can be very fast paced. And so Finding people with that skill set is challenging. I'm still looking for people to this day. But once I find them, it's just such a beautiful relationship and they can have a really long-term, like lasting job with our agency because of the work we do never really going out of style. So for example, one of our new clients who came on board, we're doing a whole clubhouse strategy for them. So we're constantly evolving and growing as we go. I love it. Okay. I definitely want to pick your brain about Clubhouse, but before we move on, so with your team, finding everyone and, you know, finding what you figured out is the best, the best fit and then can handle these things. Is everybody remote? Is everybody part-time? Do you have a mix of part-time and full-time? I'm just curious about that, that dynamic. Yes, everyone is remote and mostly people in the US. So I'm in Canada. I have two Canadian team members on my team, but mostly in the US. But I also have people all over the world um, in the Philippines and Nigeria and South Africa. And so we're kind of a, a mixed bag in that sense. But as far as time goes, I have about half of my team is full time. Yeah, five people are full time. And then the others are part time basis. And then some of them are contractors too. Like the blogger I work with, she's on just a contractor as needed basis. So it just kind of depends. 
Got it. Okay. I'm just so curious because I'm on a similar journey in growing my team and finding the right people that have those right skills and are proficient at what we do and excellent at what we do, but also can, you know, juggle and work well with clients and all of that and meet our high standards. So I definitely, I definitely understand that. So where are you finding your team members? What avenues have you gone to, to find these amazing team members and the unicorns? Honestly, I've found them everywhere. And I will say this just kind of like as a word of caution, I don't know if I'm the best person (laughs) to like give advice on this because I still struggle with this to this day. So I have found people on Upwork. I have found people on remote.com. I have found people on Indeed, ZipRecruiter. I have found people who just were following me on social media and saw that I was hiring and applied. So whenever I put up a job, opportunity. I post it literally everywhere, send it to friends and family because the skill set for this, like the work that we do is so specific. And I kind of do need someone who's like, you, you can write copy and you can manage clients and you can do community management and you understand what TikTok is. Like I kind of need people who have multiple skills and that's really hard to find sometimes. And they're okay with working at home by themselves most of the time <laughs> and they're self-starting. And, and, and so it is challenging and I have stumbled and fallen so many times. In fact, I just went through a period of that recently where just a string of people who were bad fits that I hired. And it's really challenging to find those people, but I don't give up because I know it's possible. My current team is amazing and I love them and I love working with them. And so I know that if I keep at it, I will find the people who are the right fit. And I lean on my current team as well. So some people have been referrals, like friends of my team members, and I'm constantly iterating and growing. So recently we just revamped our onboarding process for new team members because of feedback from my current team. They're like, yeah, this is overwhelming. That's why people aren't keeping up. So we revamped the onboarding process so that when we do get someone good, they can kind of get up to speed and start working quickly and get the support that they need to do a great job. I love that. And so do you, because it sounds like you manage all the platforms, you've already mentioned Clubhouse and TikTok, and I know you do all the other major platforms as well. So do you find people with experience in all of those platforms or do they learn the platforms that they aren't as familiar with or what does that look like? Yes. So because I teach this as well, like I have a membership program where I teach all of the platforms, the basics of all of the platforms, they don't need to know. I do think the major ones they do. Like for instance, in our training process, one of the like kind of test projects is to write an Instagram post. And if someone puts a link in that Instagram post, I go, I don't think they're a good fit. Cause I feel like that's just one of the unspoken rules of Instagram, right? Like no links, you say link in the bio, right? Little things like that, that I look for from the right people, but I don't expect someone to be a TikTok expert because it literally is just so new, but they have to know marketing. They have to know what makes a good storytelling piece of content. Why do people watch the content that they do? And they kind of have to be the student of social media because it constantly changes and they have to be willing to kind of learn and change, but they don't have to be experts. We can teach that and we can learn together. I love that. Okay. That's very similar to how I've managed my team is that 
when they come on, I want them to have some experience with Facebook and Instagram ads, because I found that that's just helpful in getting them up to speed quicker, but I want them to also learn my approach to it and my strategy. So they go through my course as part of the onboarding process so that they can carry that forward in working with our clients. So I, I feel you there. So you've got the, the agency with the team that we've talked a lot about, but then you, as you mentioned, you also teach social media. So what does that side of your business look like? So I have a membership that is $57 a month. So low cost membership where part training, part coaching. So we have regular training calls. We have regular coaching calls where people can come on and get help with the strategy because social media moves so quickly. But we also provide our framework and we give lots of tutorials on the various platforms. So I just mentioned Clubhouse is the most recent course I just recorded. It's partially a tech tutorial. How do you find things? How do you set it up? But it's also the strategy of how do you get people to show up to your rooms? How do you moderate a room? How do you build a funnel behind this? So we do teach that piece of it as well. We have about 200 members in that program. And the great thing about it is my team on the agency side supports that product as well. So it's it's not like I had like all the team members I just talked about, they also help with our products as well. So it's a very fluid kind of system and I love it. Very cool. All right. That's very exciting. And so much alignment with, with how my business is structured as well. I've got my team helping with keeping my program up to date and also coaching and, and supporting our students on the flourish with Facebook ad side of things as well. So I would love to dive in. Thank you for going down those side tangents with me. I just am so curious about, you know, how others run their businesses, especially when we've got similar styles of businesses, but I would love to pick your brain today about social media and I know that you're all about ditching the overwhelm. There are so many platforms. We've already talked about a few of them. And it can be overwhelming to feel like you need to be everywhere all the time so that you're really showing up so that when people are ready to go further with you, they think of you that you are top of mind. So can you talk to me a little bit about you know, your strategy, your philosophy with social media and how you really start to figure out a clear social media strategy with your clients? Yeah. So I think there is a little bit of a difference between someone who is starting out and just building their business and someone who's a bit further along. And I like to use like a sliding scale of business owner to content creator. So a lot of us start off as business owners and creating content for social media is just a moment of our day. And most of our time is actually running the business. And then you slide that scale all the way up to content creators who that's what they do. Majority of their time, they're creating content online. And so when you're thinking about social media, you kind of have to start with understanding your relationship and how, like where you fall on that spectrum. And a lot of us are in this social media situationship. Like we don't know if we're committed, we delete Instagram, last year, maybe we re-downloaded it, but we kind of hate it low key. And so some of us don't really understand how social media helps grow our business or helps us get to our goals. And so the first thing I always recommend is understanding that. And I actually created a meditation that helps business owners understand this. It's free. I put it in a podcast. It's called Social Media Unwind. And there's a bunch of meditations in there, but the very first one is helping you understand your relationship with social media personally and professionally. 
But once you understand that, then you can make decisions from an informed place on how you're going to use this platform. Because we oftentimes just like open up the app and go, what do I, what am I going to see today? And as business owners, we have way too much stuff to do. So understand your relationship first. And then from there, I take a three-pronged approach to building a social media strategy. The first part is your messaging. It has to be really dialed into the transformation that your work brings. So what I mean by that is the feelings. How does someone feel before or after they experience your work, your offer, your service? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a product that helps someone. So an example would be, I used to work at a spa. People would come in and like get their nails done all the time. That's not like they need to do that. They do it because they like how it makes them feel. So if you can tap into that feeling, that's really important. The second prong, so messaging, second prong is authority. This is really all about creating that content. And typically I recommend giving yourself a time limit. So a lot of my students spend about an hour a week on this, creating content specifically for social media. And then the last piece is impact. So building out that community and actually connecting with people. Typically recommend spending about 20 minutes a day finding new people and intentionally connecting with them. And that kind of three-pronged strategy is really what works for a lot of business owners. And then when we're thinking about people going into that content creation space, you may be just spending more time on each of those prongs. So for our clients, for instance, we spend more than an hour a week on their content, but it's kind of like a higher level of service. And that's because we spent time figuring out what works. And now we can really spend more time doing that thing. I see. So figuring out where you are on that spectrum and where you're moving on that spectrum will help you figure out also if you've got, you know, social media should be maybe just a small portion of what you do, but then as your business grows and you move more into that content creator piece, then you can start to think about, you know, am I ready to bring somebody on my team to handle my social media or hire an agency like yours to manage it for me? So do you have any kind of guidelines as to when somebody knows that they're, you know, kind of ready to make that transition? Yes, absolutely. So again, it comes back to understanding the relationship that you have with social media and the role it plays in your business. So if you know, for instance, whenever you post on Instagram, people sign up for your lead magnet, they listen to your podcast, they go to your website. If you know that, then you can hire someone to do it for you because you know what's supposed to be happening there right? And oftentimes what happens is if you don't know that and then you hire someone, you you keep questioning why you hired that person the entire time you've hired them. And so it can be really hard to commit to that strategy. Mm. So you kind of have to know what expectations you have and you can change them along the way. You don't have to be married to them, but you kind of have to know what you want to get out of it before hiring someone. And then the second piece to that is you you really have to understand your messaging as well. So the challenge that I have is when businesses hire us and they don't exactly know what's working on social media, but they know something's working. And so they hire us. And the second we start, it tanks. And it's because what was working before was they were a super personality brand doing live video every day. And they got tired and said, I can't do live video every day. I want to hire someone to do this for me. And the engagement actually is going to tank because what was working was the actual live video you showing up every day. So Mm. we've got to find a way to mimic that without having the live video instead of just passing it off to someone else completely. So there is that mix of 
you're still going to have to be a part of it if you're a personality brand and if that's what's working. And you also have to know what exactly is working or what you want to work in order to pass it off to someone else and actually have a successful working relationship. So would you recommend having somebody for a business to kind of, as they move along this progression, should they hire somebody in-house to maybe work on this part-time while they're doing other things? Or would you recommend them you know, go to the experts when they're ready to outsource this or work alongside your team and you know, go straight to hiring an agency that is in, in this day in and day out? Yes. I love this question. So if you know what's working very specifically and you have a very clear kind of outcome and you just need support with it, hire someone in-house. The perks of hiring someone in-house is you have a dedicated person who's working just for you and you kind of can be more selfish with their time. But the downside is you may have to train them a lot more. They may not have a framework or a system or approach to social media. So you're going to have to train them in all of that or pay for training for them. On the flip side, you have the agencies or freelancers, and typically they already have a framework, a process, systems in place. So they can take your messaging, they can take what's working for you and 10x it pretty quickly because they already have all of those systems in place. The downside of an agency is that they tend to be more expensive. It's harder to have last minute changes and requests. So if you're a very last minute kind of brand, it can be tough to work with agencies. The happy medium for a lot of companies and how we tend to work with our clients is we tend to work with them for about a year or two and then they hire in-house. So what happens is we take what's already working for them. We figure out how to make it work even better. And then we transition them into an in-house person. And that usually takes about 12 months. And so that can oftentimes be a really great option for brands to have that in between of an agency who already has, you know, graphic designers and video editors and all of those things on staff to to come in, help set up a lot of those things. And then you can have them train like an in-house person once you're ready to make that commitment. I love that so much. Do you, do you ever offer consulting so that if somebody does have their person in house and, you know, they just want to get some feedback on what, where to maybe improve or would then one of your programs, your membership be the better option for that? Yeah. The membership would be the best place for that. I don't do one-on-one consulting anymore because of that. Everything is in the membership. And because my team works over there, they can often give support in various areas as well. So if it's a graphic design question, my graphic design person can answer it. If it's a copywriting question, my copywriter can answer it and so on. But the programs would be the best place to go. And my newest program is kind of like a secret menu kind of program specifically for social media managers. And so we're working on fully developing that. It's kind of in a little bit of a beta, but I've been running it for nine months now. And it's really for those social media managers who are either building their own business or they're entrepreneurs working inside of another person's business, but they're in charge of getting the results on social media. So it's really coaching them on working with other people to build out these social media strategies and implement them. I love that. I love that term entrepreneurs. <laughs> did you come up with that or did you hear that from somewhere else? No, I heard it from somewhere and I wish I could remember where I heard it from, but I did not make it up. 
Oh, I love that. Okay. Very cool. So you're covering all the bases and meeting people where they are and, and what they need. So let's talk about tools. So when we are planning out our social media, what I'm sure you've probably tried all the tools out there. That's, this is another area of overwhelm, at least that I've experienced in trying to figure out what is the best tool, because you hear there's always a new tool popping up for scheduling. Do you, do you use tools or do you use the internal schedulers? What are your thoughts on tools and recommendations there? Yes. You know, I think the challenge with tools is people try to build the systems before they even know what they're supposed to be systematizing. Right. And so I think that's where people get lost with some of these tools. So honestly, my first recommendation for people just starting, just use a Google doc or a spreadsheet. Keep it very simple. Just write out the day, write out the post, what you want to say and work from there. But obviously you can get more complex with tools. And when it comes to tools, really is only as good as you use it. So the tool is only as good as you use it. And it has to work with your your brain, like how your brain works. So I personally use Airtable for my content planning. And this is just content planning across the board, but we also use it with our clients as well. So everything from my podcast planning and YouTube video planning all the way down to like the micro level of what exactly a social media post is going to say. So I use Airtable for that. And then once I have everything planned and written out, I use a tool called Fan Booster to actually schedule my posts to go live. And I usually work about two weeks ahead. So at the time of recording this, it's March 25th. We're working on April 5th, like that week of content. So I'm usually working about two weeks ahead. And then some posts I do have to post manually. And so I'll use Asana, my task management tool for those posts. And I use Asana for everything. Like I live in Asana. I even have like check Instagram, check Facebook, just so I don't miss anything. And so sometimes it'll be post this Instagram reel today. And so certain things you can't schedule like Instagram reels, I'll put them in Asana for task management. That's how I do it. And it's because I've just learned over the over the years what works for me. So I don't suggest jumping right into mimicking exactly what I'm doing. You kind of have to figure out what works with your brain and what you can actually stick with so that it, you can use it to the best of your ability. That's great advice because not all of us think alike. I know that I myself love Asana and I've used it for years and that just speaks to me <laughs> in a way that no other tool that I've come across does. Like I know there are a lot of people who love Trello for task management as well. So, you know, I think I love that focus on, you know, figure out what works for you, but this is what you're using. Take that into consideration. And that's, that's really helpful. So I feel like there's this big focus on, you know, getting more followers, getting more followers. My numbers aren't big enough. I need more, more followers. I want to be like those, you know, big brands that I'm seeing out there with tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers or more. How do you approach getting the right followers and growing for that social proof aspect? How do you, how do you approach that? Yes. This is a sticky question because we all want more followers. I mean, as much as I can sit here and say, don't worry about the followers. I think it's tough because it is an indicator of success. And I think it, just like you mentioned the social proof, it does kind of show who has that social proof or not. Unfortunately, it's surprisingly easy to game the system for a short amount of time. And so there are a lot of people out there buying followers. So take that for what it is. But there is this balance of getting the right followers. And what I like to suggest is having a very focused effort on growing your followers, but in short bursts. So 
I will use this analogy of working out because I think it works really well here. If you want to become like a CrossFit expert and go to like the CrossFit games or something, you could decide to go to the gym on a Saturday and spend 12 hours. And at the end of it, go, I'm done. I'm a CrossFit expert now. And probably not going to happen that way. (laughs) At least that's what I'm told. That's not how muscles work. Muscles build over time from small efforts, right? Like an hour a day over time. So the same strategy we're going to apply to social media. And typically I recommend at first spending about 20 minutes a day looking for collaboration partners and people who you can get leveraged audience support from. And so this can work any number of ways. If you're newer, you may want to look at people in the space who already have a significant following. Go look at their latest post, see who's liking and commenting on that post, see how you can contribute to that community, see how you can start conversations with those people. And it has to be organic and natural and human. Don't be weird. Don't be a robot. If you wouldn't say it to someone in line at Starbucks, don't say it on social media. But that's a start. If you're a little bit further along, this can look differently, but you know, showing up in places where your audience is. So me being on this podcast, for instance, is a great example of showing up. And I'll probably at the end say, go follow me on Instagram at OnlineDrea. That's another way to grow your audience. And it has to be consistent effort to whatever frequency you're comfortable with. So typically I recommend 20 minutes a day, five days a week for most people. But again, if you're closer to that content creator end versus business owner, you may end up spending a lot more time than that. But the consistency is key and it will happen over time. You will see growth over time from these strategies. So we have a number of different social media platforms. We've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Is Twitter still, is that still (laughs) an area that we should be showing up? To me, I, I look at my Twitter and there's conversation happening, but I'm not seeing a lot of business, at least in my space, conducting. But I know it's still an active platform. So I know it can depend on industry and you know what our goals are. But what are your what are your thoughts on where we should potentially for those of us in the online course program service coaching space, where predominantly should we be showing up? Yes. You know, Instagram is just on fire right now for that space. Everyone is spending a lot of time there. And I really recommend having one primary platform. So choose your platform and stick with it. Should you be on Twitter? I mean, you could be. I'm not going to tell you you should be. You absolutely could be. There's still a lot of great conversation happening over there. But I see that kind of time investment going a lot farther on a platform like Instagram. And that's just what's working right now. You still have to have great content. You still have to be able to show up in a way that magnetizes you towards people and and people are attracted to you. But Instagram is the best platform for kind of the niche you described right now. Okay. That's helpful. And so Facebook, I know for the ad side of things, we suggest that Facebook changed a number of years ago that, you know, and they came out and said that they're deprioritizing posts from business pages being pushed out to the newsfeed. So we recommend that 
people, you know, should maintain a presence on their Facebook page, post at least once a week or so, so that people don't click over from the ads that we're running, you know, and see that it's a dead page They they know that, you know, there's trust there that it's an active page. What is your recommendation for Facebook? Do you kind of agree with that or do you have a, a different approach? I agree. I think that it's really tough to to grow a Facebook page right now, 2021. It's just really tough. If you have an ad strategy that can definitely help. And if a specific kind of content does work well on that platform as well, especially if it's geared towards kind of a demographic that skews a little bit older. But it is, it's just a tough platform, mainly because there's so many people using it, which is a good and a bad thing, right? So what we're what we do with a lot of our clients is we're we're fairly Instagram first with a lot of our strategies. And then we just repost that content. We edit it to be optimized for Facebook. For instance, we wouldn't say link in the bio on Facebook but we repurpose that content onto Facebook. And that tends to be a really good strategy for a lot of our clients. Perfect. I love that. I was going to ask you about that and that's what we're doing. So we're, we're doing, we're doing the right thing there. So what are your thoughts on other places like Snapchat and TikTok and LinkedIn clubhouse of course is new and hot right now. What are your thoughts on those other platforms? Should we be spending time on those places? I'm loving LinkedIn right now. I'm actually really loving it on that platform. If you are a service provider, especially if you are a business for other businesses, there is a ton of opportunity on that platform. Number one, your posts live a lot longer. So if you post on Monday, people can still see it and like and comment by Friday, which is unheard of on some of the other platforms. Even two weeks, we've seen posts kind of live in the feed a lot longer. So you don't have to create as much content for that platform, number one, which is like a relief for a lot of us. The second thing is that 20 minutes a day that you spend kind of networking and engaging seem to go pretty far on that platform on LinkedIn. And you're able to search for specific things. So let's say, for instance, you're a course creator and a consultant for yoga businesses. So people who own yoga practices, you can very easily find people on LinkedIn who identify as yoga teachers or who own yoga practices. And so something like that, like the search capacity of the platform can make it a lot of fun for brands to find and connect with their potential audience members. So I actually really like LinkedIn for that reason. Again, I would still recommend just focusing on having one main platform. So if it is LinkedIn, just kind of focus there and, and for at least 90 days and figure out, figure out if it's for you. As far as the other platforms go, I definitely consider this advanced strategies. So you have to already have an audience on another platform first, or at least that's what I recommend before diving into something like TikTok or Clubhouse, because it can be a huge time suck. You can spend a lot of time there. And for a lot of business owners, it's not productive time. So when we're looking at TikTok, it's a video platform. So if you already use a lot of video in your strategies, I think it's a lot easier to get started there. But what we're seeing is the videos, it's, it's not really great for repurposing. You kind of have to create content for the platform specifically, which is where the time suck comes in. Thankfully, with new features like Instagram Reels and even YouTube came out with shorts recently, there could be a potential to cross 
promote things between, you know, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts and TikTok. So that's a potential there, but it's video and it's, it's got its own ecosystem. I'm currently studying it because I'm working on some training material and there's a whole ecosystem to how people use that platform. That's just different from other platforms. And then you have clubhouse, which I personally don't like, (laughs) and you can hear I'm hesitantly saying that because I feel like as a marketer, I'm supposed to, but it's an audio only platform. It is live only. So there's no recording at all. And so I find that people put a lot of effort into starting and creating these conversations that just kind of end once they hang up the phone, so to speak. But there's it, there's a lot of opportunity for dynamic conversations on that platform depending on the room itself that you create, it can be a really great conversation. You can talk to people who you would have never had the chance to talk to before. So there's a lot of potential on the platform for sure. But again, I do think it can be quite a big time suck if you don't already have an audience behind you who can support you on that platform. That's great. Okay. So that's super helpful with the overwhelm is focus on your one main platform. And then if you are B2B, like you and I are, then consider LinkedIn. And then, you know, if you have time, if you've got an established presence on these other platforms, then you can consider spending your time somewhere else in addition to the other places that you're already showing up and, and, or repurposing the videos that you're making for TikTok onto reels or YouTube shorts. That's super helpful. So for clubhouse, when I first got an invitation a couple months ago, I joined, I listened to a couple rooms and I hosted a room with my good friend, Shane Sams. And that was really fun. And I got to chat with people that I had never had the opportunity to chat with. Like you said, that I may have run into at a conference or that probably would be the only place that I would actually get to have a conversation with them. But, you know, now that conferences are limited right now, I thought that was a great place for networking and meeting other people and potentially having conversations, especially being the part, the, you know, co-host of a room that kind of already establishes that authority. So I thought it was great, but also I, I had me questioning about like, how much time should I be spending here? And is my strategy to build an audience or should my strategy be more for networking? And sounds like you may be in agreement that it could be a really great platform for networking if you feel like that's one of your goals right now. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I do think there's a lot of potential on the platform. It also could be my space. Like consider that I'm a social media manager. So I feel like there's already this, I don't know, assumption when I go into rooms that I should should or could be or look some sort of way. So I've experienced a little bit of bullying on the app. And it just, when I create my own rooms, it's been great, but going into other rooms, just haven't really been having a fun time and a fun experience. So I do feel like I, I just want to be honest and like, that's definitely coloring my advice on this platform. That being said, I did just create a course on this. I tested a funnel strategy that worked really well. And then I have a client who is fairly well known who's going to start using that app more regularly as well. So I do feel like it can work for a ton of people. I think early adapters will do great. And people who have audiences, like I joined a room that Amy Porterfield was leading and it was just a very interesting conversation. I felt like the the people in the room all sounded great and were respectful. And so I do think it just depends on, you know, the rooms that you do go in on the platform. 
Yeah. So maybe it's have familiarity with, with who's there and what kind of room that you want to participate in. But I love that you brought up funnel strategy. So I, so I definitely want to talk to you about how can we use social media as part of our funnel to lead to sales. We talked about getting the right followers earlier, but how can we know that we are you know, really reaching our prospective customers or clients? So social media is just the, the beginning of your relationship. And I like to think of this like dating. So when you're, when you're like on the hunt, on the prowl for your person and you decide that you want to partner up with someone, you don't just go up to someone and go, marry me. You know, it's just kind of awkward. So I think the same can be true for social media. We need some sort of dating period with our potential customers and clients. And that typically does not happen on social media. It can be part of it, but a lot of that happens through something like email marketing. So if that's the case, and social media is just your first kind of connection with someone and maybe kind of staying in touch in a very lighthearted way, like bumping into them at parties and things like that, if I'm going to use dating again. So you do want to have this kind of presence on social media that attracts the right person. And you want to be able to give them a next step to working with you. So this is, you know, funnel 101, basically. So for a lot of people that can be a lead magnet, that can be an offer. You can do this strategy in DMs as well. So maybe the next step, the thing you're asking for is for them to send you a direct message. But you do want to have some place where someone can identify as a potential customer or client and take one more step towards working with you. If you're a service provider, sometimes this just looks like hopping on a consultation call or discovery call or sales call or whatever you call it, or filling out an intake form on your website. But you do want to have that clearly in your profile. Because if someone lands on your profile and they go, oh my gosh, Monica is exactly what I was looking for. Where do I go next? And they can't see it, then they're going to move on because social media is so fast. So you do want to have that very clear on your profile. But then you also want to mention it in your posts. And for a lot of this, this is one out of every three to five posts. So one out of every three to five posts, you're talking about that very next step that someone should take with you to work with you. And you're going to like almost get bored of yourself, the amount that you talk about it, but you have to keep talking about it because the way social media works is only about 10% of your followers see your post anyways, if you're lucky. And it, the, the feed moves so fast. I can't even tell you what I posted myself two weeks ago. So I can almost guarantee that the people who are following you don't remember the exact things that you're posting. So get to that point where you're like a commercial jingle, like they can't get you out of their head and then they know exactly where to go. And then that's when you know that, you know, you've really nailed it in and dialed it in. So you're going to get a little bored of it, but you want to be that repetitive with your messaging and with that next step. That's a huge tip because I was wondering about that as well. For me, I love Facebook and Instagram ads because I don't love the self-promotion. I don't love talking about 
I, I love connecting with other entrepreneurs and helping businesses grow. And of course, sharing what I do. But for me, I love that Facebook and Instagram ads, I can, you know, write the post, get it, get it sent out into the world. And I know it's running without me. So I love that you've got that cadence of once every three to five posts and make sure that you're leading people to the next step. And that kind of reminds me of Gary Vaynerchuk's book from, I think it was from 2014, Jab, 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 Right Hook. So it sounds like yes. it's a similar thing, <laughs> offer value, offer value, offer value. And then the right hook in this case would be, let them know what the next step is to potentially working with you. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. I love that book too. Okay. So you mentioned DMs potentially being a next step as well. And I'm curious about your thoughts on, you know, the strategy involving DMs. I get DMs from pages that I don't even follow and don't even follow me on or profiles on Instagram that it seems like they're spammy on LinkedIn. I got, I get a lot of, you know, direct messages there as well, basically asking if I want to jump on a call or if I have time for a call. And I feel like that's a little bit like we're jumping past the dating, just getting to know you phase when I'm not even familiar with you. So there's me, that feels a little bit too abrupt, but I know that there's a really great way to use DMs strategically in building that relationship. So what are your thoughts on DMs on Instagram or LinkedIn or any other platform? Oh my gosh. Yes. I got one, I guess this was like over a year ago now on LinkedIn where some guy in Missouri was like, do you want solar panels on your house? I was like, we're not even (laughs) in the same country. (laughs) What? I live in Canada. Okay. So it happens to all of us. And I think that it's well-intentioned because people get so excited about their offer, their, their product or their service or whatever the case may be. So I know it's well-intentioned, but it does not work, at least not for me. And I think the majority of people would agree. However, I do think direct messages are such a powerful way to build connections with people. So I'll give an example for my business. I personally use social media for partnerships and building relationships because to be honest, my ideal client is not on social media. They're either not on there yet or they are a big business and they don't have time. And so they need me. And if they don't have time, they're not going to see my social media posts. So it really doesn't matter to them. So for me, I build partnerships on social media. And one of my favorite stories about this is in 2018, I really focused in on working with podcasters and I was obsessed with working with podcasters. I I still love working with podcasters to this day. And I knew that to work with these podcasters, I needed to work with people who already had podcast editors or producers. So I got obsessed with researching and finding podcast editors and producers on Instagram. I was building tons of relationships. I probably connected with like probably hundreds of people, DM'd a hundred people at like connecting with them. I remember in this time period, I only got on the call with about 10 people. So only about 10 people, our relationship, our social media relationship went far enough for us to like get on a coffee chat. And only one of them turned into business for me. But it was such a, an amazing relationship. He edited my my podcast for two years, which I, I wasn't intending to hire him. I just wanted to like see how we could work with our clients together. And we still send clients to this day back and forth like over three years later. So there is a power in direct messaging, but it's got to feel... Like it can't be weird. It just, you can't be that person who's like meet someone one time and goes, they're the love of my life, right? It just, nobody wants to be connected with that person. So I think when you're thinking about social media and the potential, 
you kind of have to be interested, but like a little bit aloof and just not attached to any one particular relationship, just open to any sort of relationship and building that, that those relationships up. So I spent about 20 minutes a day looking for these podcast editors, connecting with them, sending DMs. My favorite way to send a DM is to watch someone's Instagram stories and respond to their Instagram stories with something because that feels less intrusive, right? And just like be a human. And and just like you mentioned, Clubhouse felt like networking outside of conferences. I just view all of my social media that way. And that it's, it's like networking if you can't go to a conference or, or you're in between conferences. So yeah, that that's kind of my DM strategy suggestion. That's super helpful. I love that. Okay. And since you mentioned podcast and I know you've got your own podcast and I've got obviously this podcast, how do you use social media to promote podcasts or your, your latest podcast episode? What does your strategy look like there? So I typically like to post at least twice about a podcast episode. The first one is really focusing in on what people are going to get from that episode. Again, focusing on the feeling that they'll have. So are they going to learn something? Are they going to feel inspired? Something like that. And then I usually follow up with another post as well, talking about the specific learnings from that episode, typically pulling a quote from the episode, either from myself or from a guest and reminding people about the benefits of that specific podcast episode. That's how I approach my social. If you like at, at the Savvy Social School, that's how we promote our podcast episodes on that, pla- on that platform. I also have been using video podcasts this year also posting it to YouTube because we found that people were discovering us on YouTube, even though they subscribe through whatever, Spotify, Apple podcasts, they will find the podcast on YouTube. So we've been posting them there. And then because it's a video, we're taking video clips from the podcast and those are converting better than audiograms are on social. So actual video clips of our guests and, uh, or of myself on the podcast and posting those to social. It's the repetition that's been the, the best thing for the show. We've done really well in the past three years. And part of it is because of the community, they get really tuned into the podcast, but because we're really consistent with how we promote it, I really think that helps as well. Very cool. I love that. Okay. So where do you see social media going? I know it's always changing, ever evolving. What are your predictions for the rest of 2021 into 22? What do you, what do you think? What do you see changing? What do you see staying the same? I was just talking to someone the other day about how it feels like to understand social media, you need like a master's degree in social media and you need to re-up that master's degree like every three months. (laughs) Like it's insane how quickly these platforms change. But I think there are some things that will remain the same. The consumers are still going to be in charge of what makes good social media content. So as business owners and content creators, we have to be really tuned in to what's working and where people are spending their time and attention. And right now, that's video content. Video content is crushing it on every single platform. And even something like Clubhouse, even though it's audio, I feel like the interactive piece is really where things are going to change, which for someone like me makes it so hard, so challenging. You can't pre-schedule interactive content. It just kind of has to happen. So it is challenging, but I think that's definitely where it's going to go. More interactive content with video and audio. 
And then I, I do sense a shift in how people discover new content on social media. So we're going, we're kind of going back to the days of like why I liked the internet, which is when you log on, you just will discover something new every single day. And a reason why a platform like TikTok is doing so well is because their algorithm is tapping into that human need of it's almost like a little bit of laziness to like just have amazing content delivered to you, like fresh, new, amazing content delivered to you constantly. And so I think a lot of social media platforms are going to start shifting into that realm, into the space of discoverability. So TikTok, for instance, their feed is mostly people you do not follow. So I imagine Facebook and Instagram and even Twitter to some extent will start featuring more and more content from people you do not follow in hopes of getting you to interact and engage with that content, which is actually great for us as content creators. That means it, it like maximizes the, the chances of people finding us. But it also means if we do not have great content, it's going to be very easy for us to get lost in the mix. All right. Awesome. This has been so helpful, so eye-opening. And and also I can already feel, at least for myself, I hope that our listeners feel the same, that I already feel like We've got a clear direction and we don't need to feel overwhelmed with being in all the places. We can be strategic in how we manage our social media. And also you've got great resources. If you want to outsource, if you're ready to outsource your social media, you can work with your team. Or if you have somebody in-house already, or you want to learn the strategy better yourself, you've got offers for that. So I'd love for you to share where people can go to learn all about your offerings, what you've got going on, your podcast, all the places. Please share. Yay. Yes. So if you're listening to this, you probably like podcasts. So check out the Savvy Social Podcast. Also follow me on Instagram at OnlineDrea. I keep it pretty updated for everything that's going on in my world. And lastly, I'll give you my website, OnlineDrea.com. has links to all of my programs, my agency, my podcast, and all of the things there as well. Great. Thank you so much, Drea. It was so great to chat with you. I learned so much today and I can't wait to share this episode with all of our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love that interview. I hope you got so much out of it. I hope you took pages and pages of notes like I did. And I want to give another huge thank you once again to Drea for coming on the podcast and sharing her journey and her wisdom and her insights with us. Just so many fantastic tips that I can't wait to implement on my team with our social media strategy. We covered so many things in this episode. She shared so many amazing tips and I'd love to hear your biggest takeaways. So share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 95 or tag Drea and me on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica and she is at online Drea. And of course, we'll put all the links and resources that we mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 95. And thank you so much for joining Drea and me today. Now, once again, I have two slots open for one-on-one coaching with me to help you scale and flourish to six figures and beyond. So if you're interested in private coaching with yours truly, just email me at success at monicalouis.com and in the subject line, say, I want coaching and that will start the conversation. So the ideal candidate will have already an established business. You've got some things working. You're making consistent revenue in your business and you know that there's a lot of potential for you to scale up and you are interested in following my step-by-step plan 
to help you build a sustainable, scalable, multi-six or seven-figure business that I shared in last week's episode, in episode 94, I outlined those steps. And you can also find those steps in episode 58. If you are interested in coaching, email me at success at monicalouis.com. And if you're ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then I invite you to check out my free Facebook ad starter kit. You can find that at monicalouis.com slash guide. The starter kit breaks down my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. Plus there's an awesome checklist so you know exactly what you need before you dive into the ads manager so you can create a strategic campaign. And there's also a glossary in the back. So if you're new to Facebook ads, then you'll understand all of those key terms that I share in the guide. It's a really helpful starter kit and it can get you started with Facebook ads today. And you can find that for free at monicalouie.com slash guide. Once again, I'll have all the links and resources that we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes. You can find those at monicalouie.com slash 95. That is all for today. Be sure that you subscribe so that you can get next week's episode as soon as it comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, I've got another incredible episode coming your way. So subscribe so you don't miss it. That's all for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Mm -hmm.